day and the night, he's still God. I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He didn't promise us a rose garden. He just says, I'll be with you. Amen. Well, mighty God, we are serving. Amen. So keep these that we just prayed for tonight. Amen. I know a lot of sickness is going around now and stuff and, and holiday season and people's jobs are working and some people are having to work overtime and things of that nature. And so let's continue. And you heard, I'm sure, but not now, that killing out California. So just continue to keep those people in prayer and our nation as a whole in prayer. Amen. All right, we're getting ready to start a new lesson, amen, but before we start last month, we were talking about the purpose for spiritual growth, maturity, amen, we were talking about spiritual maturity, and who can tell me what was one of the reasons for spiritual maturity last month? Who can tell me what was one of the reasons for spiritual, we said that was for spiritual maturity, we covered it last month, amen. You go back and teach last month. <laughs> what was one of the reasons we need to mature in Christ? To do what? Teach others. Teach others. Amen. Amen. We've got to teach others. That's why when you're supposed to be mature when you get married. <laughs> so when you have children, you can teach them. <laughs> you know? We've we got to be able to teach others. Amen. And so God wants us to grow. So that we can teach other. What was another reason? Second, put away childish things. Amen. You know, it seems like today in our world, man, we got people that's nine hundred years old still want to be kids. <laughs> Nothing wrong, you know, with having a little fun, but we, there's some childish things we need to put away. Paul says in First Corinthians thirteen. When I was a child, I speak as a child, I understand as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childless things. There is, there is some, you know, things we got to get out of. One of the big things in the world today is this thing called a man cave, you know. What is, what is a grown man need to go back into cave the primitive years of living? You know, we, that's childish. You know, we need... You know, granted, I mean, it's okay to have a place, you know, we, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we need to mature. We need to grow. Amen. We need to, we need to grow. What was another reason we need? Be a godly example. Amen. That's what God saved us, to be an example. And we're going to flow into that right now here tonight. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We're talking about the purpose now for Christian influence. Christian influence. Now, if you've noticed that lessons, how they're flowing, how God has given them to us, and some people say, well, why wouldn't we have this one first in the year? Well, God knows how he wanted them to flow. So, so we're talking now about Christian influence here in December. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost what is it? Who lost? Who? Okay. His. Catch that word. His in there. A lot of times people read this passage and it says, you have the salt of the earth, but salt has lost its sense. His. No, it is. It's you. His. 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 There's a his in there. Amen. His savor, wherewith with all, wherewith shall he be salted? It is just for good for nothing to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden here. Amen. Amen. So why do you think God wants you to be a godly Christian influence? Why do you think God wants you to be an influence? You draw people. What else? Show them. Show them the way. What else? Glorify, glorify God Himself. All right, to glorify God Himself. Amen. That's what Matthew five sixteen. If you read verse sixteen in that same passage, what does it say? Let your light so what? That you should do what? May see your good works. And glorify your Father which is 
in heaven. So God wants you to be the influence as salt and light. Two items that changes everything else. Nothing changes salt and nothing changes light. Okay? Salt is used as a preservative, amen, and it will sting you if it needs to be. Good salt stings. <laughs> you know, and so if you don't believe it stings, cut your finger sticking the salt box. All right, and it helps out real quick, amen. So we have to see that God is calling for us to be influences here so that we will glory, people will glorify God when they see you. The Carter Dictionary defined influence as the effect of something on a person, thing, or event. It is the power that somebody has to affect the other people, thinking or action by means of argument, example, or force of personality. All things, all beings are influenced to a certain degree by other things or other beings. The moon influences the seas, causing the rise and fall of the tides. The sun influences plants to turn towards its rays. Human beings are influenced by other human beings, which could be good or could be bad. Therefore, it is not a matter of whether we have influence or not, but rather our concern should be with what kind of influence we are having on others and what kind of influence are others having on us. Amen. It is amazing. And this is why we have to mature. This is why we've got to grow. This is why we go back a few months ago, we talked about the purpose for wisdom. We've got to get this thing in our heart because there's so many Christians being influenced by the wrong directions in the wrong way. Amen. You know, just because a person says, I'm a Christian, they may not be a good influence on, on you. You know, there's more gossip in the Christian realm than you can shake a stick at. You know, there's more saint bashing by saints than it is edifying by saints. You know, you, you've got to be careful. You know, there, there's too many what I like to call pessimistic Christians. They're negative about everything. You can say, the sun is shining, and they say, well, the mother man says it's going to rain about 3 o'clock today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're negative about everything. Mm. They, they never have anything good to say. You say something excited, and they say, well, but I, you just don't know, sister. You know? <laughs> you don't know what I've been through. You know? I, yeah, you know? We, we, and, and, and people... If you hang around that kind of people, that's what you begin to pick up on. You know, if you hang around people that bash the president, pretty soon you're going to start bashing the president. And Paul tells you, speak evil of no man. See? It, it, because when we point one finger out there, the old saying, I got three coming back at me, right? So we have to be careful because God wants us to be examples. We've been pulled out of that mess, see? That's where we were. See, that's why the Bible says, such were some of you, but you've been washed, but you've been justified, but you've been sanctified by the Spirit and by the name of our God. See, all things are lawful. Yeah, I can do that, but if that man be in Christ, he's a new. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So my thought process, my actions now, must be in a position of where I am representing Christ, amen, so that he will be glorified in my life. And this is what we need to, to have, amen. So we need to be concerned here as if how people are influencing us and how we're influencing other people. Amen. Praise God. You know, all of us sitting in this room tonight can probably say that somebody influenced us to become a Christian. Amen. Sure. Yes. Now, think about it. And that was a good thing, wasn't it? Yes. Well, but think about how many people have influenced people to leave the church. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Say. <laughs> See, and a lot of people have. They have influenced people to leave the church. The devil is never going to leave the church by himself. He's taking somebody with him. <laughs> he always is. He's going to take somebody out of here with him. Yeah. And 
so that's why we have to stay on track. Amen. Remember, Jesus said, you are salt. And he says, if that salt loses his ability to do what it has been designed to do, it's no longer good. He said, just throw it out and let men walk all over it. You know? And that's what he's saying. If you lose your ability to infect and influence others to the right way, you're good for nothing. See, you are supposed to influence someone on a day-to-day basis by your light and your actions and your deeds and your attitude and what you do. You know, what do people say about you when they see you? You know, do they say, oh man, here comes a great guy, here comes a great lady, man, I love being around them, you know? Or do they see you come and they go, oh, let me hide, lock the door, you know, don't let them in, don't let, you know, don't tell them I'm here, you know, you know, that's, that's saying that your influence has not been too good, see, you, you've got to remember this, amen, praise God, so salt can change things, amen, your influence should not be of the world and its persuasion, Christ must be our influence, this is what Paul says in Colossians 3. He says, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. See, because if I set my affections on the things of God, then I'm going to go after the things of God. And as I do that, then I am going to present myself the light of Christ to a dying world. This is why Jesus says in John 8, 12, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. And that's why he says, you are like a candlestick on a candle stand to give light to people that are walking in darkness. You are to influence them, to show them Christ. Amen. You are, your life should be a life of influence that people see what true love is really all about. It's, they should be able to see what true peace is all about. They should be able to see what true joy is all about. They should be able to see what true patience and long suffering is all about. They should be able to see what goodness and gentleness and faith and meekness and temperance is all about. Right? Because why? You've got the Spirit inside of you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Amen. And this is why he chose 12, and he says, I chose you that you may go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit might remain. Right. See? In other words, I want you to be an example so that others will see what it is to be all about. About your heavenly Father. Amen. So we always say that people aren't going to see Jesus until he comes back. But they're going to see you. See? So what are you doing to influence them? What what actions? Amen. Amen. You know, look at James. Let's go to James real quick here. I know I'm stopping right in the middle here. Go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 17 through 18. James. Everybody know what James is, right? It's in the Bible. Where is it in the Bible? Towards the end. Who was James? He's the brother of Jesus. Alright, James chapter 2, verse 17. Amen. Notice what James says here. He says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and no, yeah. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is what? Dead. Yeah. Dead, being alone. What in the world are you talking about? If it's dead, no good. Useless, right? Dead, you're dead. If you don't got any faith, you know, even so, faith, if it has not something to support it, yeah. it's dead. Jesus Christ, 
I say that I know him, if I say he's my God and my Savior and my Lord, and here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and there is none other, and he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I think of as, you know, my, my life should support that. My works should prove that. See? That I believe that. See? And, and, and this is, is what I, is my influence. See, your works is really your influence. Because that's what people see. I can say I believe in God all day long. But if you never come to church, you never pray, you never read the Bible, you never give it anything, you, 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 good point. Your character are better than what you say you are. See? So really you're not a good influence. You know, not only to your brothers and sisters in Christ, but to the world either. See? So you have to realize your work support what you say you are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, so James says, if you say you got faith in Christ, he says, I'll, I'll, I'll show you mine by my works. That the things that I do will support that I believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we, we have to believe in the, the influence of the works that things that we do support it 100%. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be rosy all the time, you know. But my faith in Christ and my actions in Christ still supports that I believe in Christ. Amen. See? <laughs> right. This, this is still the same thing. Just like we just sung that song. He's God on the mountain. He's God in the valley. Things go wrong, right? He, he don't change. So you're not supposed to change. See? Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus. You know, just because you're having a bad day, you know, you, you really haven't had a bad day. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you heard the story about the man that had his motorcycle, uh, was cleaning his motorcycle on the back of his porch, and he had glass doors. And he, he started, he, he had his motorcycle, and he went to change it, he didn't know it was in gear, and he hit the key, and it, and it started and it went through the glass doors in his house. And they drugged him through the glass doors. He got all cut up. The motorcycle fell on him because he didn't have the gas cap on, on the thing. He, the gas the thing fell on him. And so gas got all in the floor. The wife heard the commotion. She ran out to see what was going on. And as a result, she goes, oh my goodness. Well, that's mercy. She jumps on the phone. She called 911. 911 dispatched. And because they lived up on a hill... Amen. She told them where he was, you know, and stuff. So they came up these steps. They got him, took him out. And she says, I got to get changed and I'll be down in the hospital to see about you in a minute. And so she got, said, well, I better get this gas up out the floor. She got the gas up out the floor with these paper towels. She had a side bathroom there. She just throwed him in the toilet. Well, the husband went to the doctor. They doctored him up, patched him up. He came home and he went in the bathroom and he was a smoker. So he went in and he lit a cigarette, and as a result, you know, he thought it was done. He threw it in the toilet. The toilet exploded. Boom! Burned him all on the bottom, everywhere else. You know, he's hollering and screaming, laying in the floor. His wife called 911 again. Now they come out to get him again. They had to go back up these same steps, and as he's coming down, one of the attendants asked the wife, Well, what happened? She says, well, she explained to him what happened. The attendant got the lap and he slipped down the step and the guy fell off this thing again. You know, and hurt even worse. So now you think you're having a bad day? <laughs> Help, Lord. Alright, so. But, but, but a bad day should still, as a child of God, be a good day. Yeah. You know why? Because Jesus is the Lord, the Lord is made. And I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. Amen. It is a choice. You make the choice how you're going to live your day. You can pout, complain, murmur, bicker, whatever. 
But all you're doing is hurting yourself. Or you can elevate yourself. Paul said you're singing yourself songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, and you're hardened to the Lord. See? Why? Because you're going to be an influence to somebody else. But if you drag around moping and doping and, you know, and all down in the mully grubs and complaining and bickering, woe is me, Sally ran away with my dog and cat got run over and everything else, and you don't have any joy, you influencing somebody, they're going to say, oh my goodness, I thought you was a Christian. Yes. You know? Yes. Where's God? Where's your God? You know, I thought you believed. You want me to be a Christian? And you can't handle it? Yeah. You know? Come on. You, you, you've got to stay on track. Amen. Look at First Peter. Go to First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Peter's right behind James. Likewise, verse 1, likewise you wives be in subjections to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by your chase, or by the conversation of the wife. While they behold your chase conversation coupled with fear, whose adorner let it not be that our word adorner of the platinum of the hair, the wearing of the gold, or the putting on the appearance, but let it be the hidden matter Man, hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corrupt, with an ornament of a meekness, quiet and quiet spirit, which is in the price of God, a great price. Well, after this manner, in the old times, the holy women also who don't trust in God adorned themselves, being subject unto their own husband, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well. And are not afraid of any amazement. So now what Peter is saying here is he's trying to let the wife know that if she's got an unsaved husband, that she needs to still be a godly influence. She needs to be a good influence because by her actions and her works, she can actually save her husband. Amen. Because of her behavior, her good behavior. In other words, a good example of a woman whose husband is not saved is she still needs to be a Proverbs 31 woman. All right. Come on. She needs to be a, still a good Proverbs 31 woman. Amen. Because the fact of the matter is, her influence, her example, amen, is not only to her husband, but to others around of what a golly wife and woman should be. You know, whether the chaos is turned upside down. You know, <laughs> you know I can remember this one sister in Okinawa, she said, you know and I know and you know and I know that God is going to save my husband. <laughs> you know, and she, she had works to go with her faith. <laughs> you know, and God did save her husband. <laughs> you know, and as far as I know today, they are still serving God. You know? So, you, you have to allow your works to prove what you are doing. Amen. Praise God. We, we have to. We can't allow evil influence to affect us. Like, the, like we said here, you, you can either let other people influence you to do wrong, or you can ask people, show, let people teach you how to do what is right. Look at Samuel. We know Second Samuel, right? Uh, I think what what scripture is that? Second Samuel thirteen. We know the story. What took place with with uh, Amnon and Jonadab, don't we? David's son, who fell in love with his half sister, he let his so-called friend influence him to do what? Raper. Yeah. He let him talk him in. He let him influence him to connive or steam against his dad, you know, to get his sister into the room to rape her. Right. Before that, you know, what did he say? He loved her. He loved her so much that he was sick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yet after he, ra- he raped her, guess what? He hated her. Yeah. See? Bad influence can do those kind of things. Yes. See? 
We have, we have got to make sure that we do not let others influence us to do the wrong thing. Amen. In our lives. We know with King Solomon, when he was old, you know, at the end, what did he do with all those wives he had? He let them influence him to turn his heart away from God. Amen. He built wrong temples and idols and everything else. They influenced him to do what is wrong. Solomon was given wisdom that no one else would ever have. And you would have think a man with this kind of wisdom and knowledge that wrote the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, 2,000 and something Proverbs, uh, you know, and all the songs that he did, they would have been hard for anybody to convince him wrong, you know, against God. <laughs> but but they, he, he allowed them to change his heart away from God. Amen. We have to be careful and not let evil influence do that to us. Look at Galatians 5, verse 7 through 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. Paul says to the church of Galatia here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9, he says, You did run well. What did he mean? But who hinders you? That who did hinder you? In other words, who influenced you to not believe the truth? He said, this persuasion didn't come from him that called you. In other words, you let someone teach you and show you and pull you away from what you had been taught was true. He said, don't you know that a little leaven Leaven in the whole lump. In other words, just a little bit of yeast and dough will make it rise. Just a little bit of wrong will make you a sinner. Doesn't take a whole lot. <laughs> One little stinking lie can make you a sinner. Just like that. Doesn't take a whole lot. See, so we have to not allow people. We have the Spirit. See? Christ is in you, the hope of glory. This is what John, John says, we are God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's always going to be some folks trying to persuade you to, 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 to what I like to call outhouse lawyers that try to give you advice. Right. You know, we have to make sure that we hold firm to the things of God. We have to make sure that we stand faithful on the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Vince, could you see who that is out the door? Amen. Praise God. We have to make sure that we stand firm by the things of God here. Amen. Hallelujah. So, how are you doing? Yes, we're having service. Hallelujah. So we're we're steady, you know, understanding that evil influence can be wrong. Amen. And we need to make sure that we do not allow people to lead us incorrectly. Ahab allowed Jezebel to influence him to do the wrong thing. See? He allowed his wife of evil to lead him to do wickedness. See? And so you can see this influence and how it really works and how it begins to turn people's heart away. Amen. I'm going back to the, the outline now. Amen. Christians are in the world, but they are forbidden to be of the world. John 17, 14. Being in the world, they should be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, Jesus says, Matthew 5, 13-16. At no time should a Christian become so unequally yoked to and allowed with the forces of evil that they lose their good influence and morals. You should never allow, amen, that you're yoked up and you're, all your best friends are in the world that they convince you of the things of the world, amen, that they pull you away 
from the things of God. This is why Paul says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. And if you read 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse 14. 1 Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians 6. Excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen. In other words, if you're a Christian, don't you yoke up with unbelievers. Amen. He goes on and he says, For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? Because see, God is a God of righteousness. And God is in you. So what, you know, a right, you know, fellowship, or what communion have light with darkness, and what concourse have Christ with Belial, or what part have ye that believe with an infidel, and what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Notice, God, he's through the word, he's trying to say, there's got to be a separation. See, you're not the same old person you used to be. That song we used to sing, you know, I'm not the same person, I mean, it's been slow going. But there's a knowing that someday perfect I will be. See, I got to stay the course now that God has set me on. I can't allow all my friends to be people in the world because they're going to influence me to do what is wrong if I'm not building myself up on my most holy faith. See, that's what the world is designed to do. That's what Satan is designed to do is to pull you further away from Christ. He don't want you to get close to Christ. See, so it's the little things. That's why he says the little leaven is the little foxes that spoil the vines. See, because the little foxes can't jump up and get the grapes, so they just know the root of the the vine at the bottom and get the nectar out of there. And what do they do? They kill the whole vine. See, that's why you don't want to have foxes run your grape harvest. Amen. They, they, they eat the, the root, and as a result, they kill it from down below. It's that little sin in your life, that, that little get-together with, with those guys continually, you know. I, I know we say, well, we need to save the sinner. Yeah, we do. But we need to make sure that we're the leader. <laughs> Not let them be the leader. Greater is he than you. You have to be the leader of the pack. You know, you have to be strong enough when they say, well, let's go down to the bar. You know, you got to say, no, I, I'm sorry. I can't go with you to the bar. You know, you, know, you have to draw some lines in the sand. Say, you know. So you have to remember these things as you grow on and mature. Remember, what was the purpose from a mature Christians? Put away childish things. Right. Amen. To teach. Right? So we got to mature. What was the purpose of wisdom? <laughs> it's the principal thing, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so we got to have wisdom. So when it's present with us, we can do what? Make wise and sound decisions. Alright? So you gotta go back and dust the dust off the lessons all year from the beginning to the end. And it was just gonna flow to you. I'm here to tell you. You go all the way back to January and get the lessons and dust them off and if you follow through, just look at the titles and some of the stuff we've gone through or go out online. I don't know if there's still a lot online or not, but you know. And just listen to them, you'll see that they're designed to help us to grow and continue on this pathway that we're on. Because we don't want to be influenced the wrong way. We've we got to be what we say we are. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, why won't hear Jesus in the end say, well done, yeah, right. <laughs> good and faithful servant. You know, 
I'd rather hear him say, Rufus, you know you didn't have to do that, but I'm glad you did. Than to hear him say, I told you and you didn't do it. (laughs) So we we can't allow others to influence us. 1 Corinthians 15.33, what does Paul say? Don't you know that what? Evil communications does what? Disrupt. Corrupt good manners. Maybe that's why the school teacher you need to teach the kids, huh? Yeah. Communication corrupts good manners. In other words, you, you lose your respect for people. And yourself, too. You know, look at the kids, how the foul language they're using towards adults and everybody else. That's bad manners. My mother would have took all, I'd have been walking around without dentures. <laughs> you know? So I, I wouldn't have teeth in it in my head. I'd have cursed an adult. You know, like some of these kids had. Most. Called somebody yeah. by their first name. Yeah. I, I'd have been. <laughs> my parents were just raised their eyebrow. And I knew when I got to the house, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. You know? Belt on the shelf. But now kids curse adults, cuss their parents out. And nothing happens. Parents say, I just don't know what to do with good them. Communica- bad communications corrupt good, evil communication. Evil behavior is what this is saying. Evil behavior corrupts good manners. See? So we have to make sure, you know, because who, who does the kids influence? The other kid. And who else? Nowadays, their parents. Nowadays, they should. Because they're presenting their parents in a bad light. Mm-hmm. See? They are, they are showing their parents in a bad light because of what they're doing wrong. See? You know, that's what people say when you see all these kids getting shot and everything else. people say, Where's the parent? Mm-hmm. You know? Why are the parents being you know, brought up or, or something, but let them do that. You know, that lady out there and wherever she was started beating her kid upside the head when she found him in St. Louis. She went out and started beating him upside the head getting home. You know, you out, what you doing out here? And the media and everybody says, you know, she was wrong. No, she won't. She was right. That's her child. She's, the rest of them should have been out there. Because a straight bullet don't know anybody. That's right. You know, so evil communications corrupt good men. The Lord gave Himself for us that we that He might redeem us for all iniquity, from all iniquity, and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Titus two fourteen. However, it is possible for the child of God to forget that he was purged from his old sins. See, this is what Peter is saying in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. He says, add to your faith what? Virtue. Virtue, knowledge. Knowledge, temperance. Temperance, patience. Patience, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness. He says, if these things be in you and abound, they make that you should not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see a quarrel and forgot he was purged from his old sins. See? In other words, if you keep doing the wrong thing, you don't forgot that you was repented. You got baptized in Jesus' name. Like I said last lesson, you know, what, what did you get baptized for? If you ain't going to do right. Because that's what you did it for. You saw you were doing wrong. So you repented of your sins. You turned around. You say, I don't want to do that no more. I'm giving my life to Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want to live with God. So if you ain't going to do right, why'd you do it for? I think the writer says this is going to be a fearful thing. To fall in the hands of a living God. Especially, you know, stomp his blood under your feet. And Paul says, you know, we, we have to, we got to rise up. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know when he's coming again. You know, we don't know when our last day. 
I think the psalmist says, Lord, teach me to number my days, how frail I am. You know, I just don't know. You know, so I have to live right because I don't get a second shot. <laughs> this is a one-shot deal. You know, because when, when he put my lights out and my heart start beating, I don't get another shot unless there's a miraculous miracle working God. But if he don't bring me back, ain't nobody else bringing me back. You can put me on all the machines you want. <laughs> but but if he don't if he don't let it happen, it ain't happening. Okay? And so I have to make sure that I am ready for that one shot. Just like opportunities. It knocks once. <laughs> so we gotta be ready for the coming of the Lord. Amen. So don't forget you was purged from your old sins. Don't let someone influence you. To take those sins back on again. Because what does the writer of Hebrews says? If we sin what? Willfully. There's no more sacrifice. Say, I only get a sacrifice if I, if I, you know, do it mistakenly. Yeah. Not knowing. Yeah. But once I know, I don't need to keep doing it over and over and over again. See? God wants us to to walk worthy of the Lord and to all please and being fruitful in every good work and what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Oh, Paul says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his son being conformable unto his death. Notice, notice, notice what Paul says in Romans 6. He says, Christ don't die again. He doesn't. He don't die again. He died once. He died to sin once. But in that he lived what? He lived under God. When you repent, you're supposed to be dying once. And you live it, you're living to God. We're resurrected to do what? Walk in newness of life. Boy, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on. He wants us to be his example now. We are to be the example of the resurrection. We are to be the example of the light to a lost and dying world. He's chosen you out of all the people in the world to be an example for him. Yes. Not the world. Yes. He could have left you in the world. But he said, no, I want you to be an example for me in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Right. See? This is what he's looking for us. You can do this thing. You can do it. It's easy. Just make up your mind. <laughs> Same way you make up your mind to get up and go to work in the morning. Same way you make up to pray. Uh -huh. Same concept. Uh -huh. It's real easy. Make up your mind. You gotta have a want to. You gotta have a want to. I think Brother Blessing there. Oh, amen. You gotta have a want to. Amen. And Brother Tennis said you gotta keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. <laughs> amen. If God be for us, amen. We should also consider our influence among others at home, in our churches, our peers in school, and in pleasure and so on. Think about that. We should consider our influence among others in our homes. What kind of good example are we set for our children, our wives, our husbands, our, our nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, grandkids? You know, what kind of example are they seeing in the home? What do they see when they're walking home? You know, should be a good, godly influence that they see. There should be no doubt in their mind that you love God more than anything else. And when they walk out of your house, they should be said, My grandmother loved God more than anything. My grandparents taught me hero is Lord my God is one. My mom and dad says that God is God. <laughs> we 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 gotta have these godly influences, these Christian influence. Amen. They need to talk about stuff. And each of the realms of influence that we will discuss in our lesson this month, our influence can work in one or two ways, for good or for evil. 
The strong can influence the weak for good, or the weak can influence the strong for evil. The fruit we bear affects our influence and influences, and our influences affects the fruit we bear. Our life should lead credence and respectability to the truth that we believe. What is your influence? For whom is your influence and for what cause is your influence? What about those closest to you? Who knows the most about you and stand to be influenced as much or more by you than other people, person, any other person? Have they become more spiritually minded, less spiritually minded, or no parent change either way? So in this lesson, we're going to examine our Christian influence. And I'm not going to get into the lesson again tonight, but we're going to look at, I've got five minutes, so we're going to look at a few more evil uh, uh, influences here. Go to Romans 14, verse 15. Romans, you know, we're going to lay a little foundation here. Romans 14, verse 15 and 16. Paul writing to the church here at Rome, uh, he says, For I know and I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him that extended anything to be unclean to him and is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Amen. So Paul is saying here, he says, if your doing and your actions when it comes to your eating or whatever, if it's going to influence someone to do wrong or cause someone to fall, he says, don't do it. You know, if, if I love liver and you don't love liver and I think liver is going to affect you, I won't eat my liver in front of you. You know, if I know it's going to affect you, I'll wait to eat it by myself. <laughs> you know, there are certain things that we have to learn in life that we just don't do, you know, if it's going to affect other people. Because why? We're influences. There are certain things I won't say or do if I know it's going to affect someone. Because, see, we never know how weak a person is. See, we're the strong. And this is why the strong is to encourage and help the weak. Say, we want to build them up. We want to strengthen them so that they will learn to do what is right. Amen. As they grow in Christ as well. Um, let's look at uh, First Kings. Uh, well, I already, I already talked about that one. First uh, Kings 21 verse 5. First Kings 21 verse 5. I think I might have given this one too.
valuable, godly influence and Christian influence is that we want to do right. We, the Bible tells us that things that are written are written for our example to the intent that we don't do the wrong thing. See, we are now Christians. We are God's children. And so we need to be the influence as a Christian so that they understand and see what it means to be light and salt in the earth. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Who does the devil do wrong? <laughs> pride. <laughs> he let pride, that Isaiah says he let pride get into his heart. And he says, I'm going to exalt myself. You know, and that's, that's the thing sometimes. You know, if we're not careful, we can allow pride to get in our hearts. And as a result of that, we can begin to elevate ourselves above, you know, God. See, and that's what people do, and you hear that a lot of times. You know, how many times you hear people tell people, oh, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you don't need to do this to that to be a Christian. You know, they're influencing the person to do wrong. If the Word of God says it, you know, where do we get our salvation from? The Word of God. Yes. So if it's in the Word of God, this is biblical conviction. If it's inside of this book, you know, and I know man wrote the book. Don't get me wrong. You know, man wrote this book. So if anybody asks you who wrote the Bible, man wrote it. You know, and Scripture supports that. He says, Godly man spake that they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, so, yes, the same way that man wrote the dictionary, and everybody believes every word in there and the meaning of that is right, they don't question that one bit, you know, but yet when it comes to the Word of God, then everybody wants to question it. Yeah. You know? They don't want to question it because they all say it was not, it might have been written and inspired by God, right? But the translations now, when you get into that, you've got a lot more people dealing with it. So now it's all man. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it all. Yeah, oh, me too. I, me too. But I choose to stand. When you know all you can do is stand. Stand on the Word of God. Amen? Alright, so don't forget this week. Amen. What's this week? Sunday church. Oh, Sunday church. <laughs> Amen. Saturday men's prayer this Saturday morning. We got men's prayer from 8 o'clock. Amen. And then Sunday we got hymn sing. Sing, sing, sing. And make music at that. First Sunday of every month. And then Sunday, I mean, the Saturday, the 12th of December from 2 to 4, we'll be doing hemp scene at J.C. Penney's in the mall. Amen. You can find a way and come and ring us some bells. You know, if you just don't have nothing to do, you want to go ring the bell. they got like 2,000 slots still left over for people that ring, could go ring a shield uh, and stuff. So, and the weather's nice right now. It's a good time to do it, you know. back to the community. So remember that again. Remember those that are not here tonight because of sickness or work. Amen. Keep one another at